Are you ready to become familiar with familiars? I hope so. Oh, goodness. I'm Claire. And I'm Vince. And this is Friends of Legend. Legend, where we encourage you to gladly embrace that strange creature that lives under your bed. I mean, we we have to do that with Birdie every day. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? So today's topic was inspired by two very very special people to my life. Firstly, my sister Emily, who is a mother of bunnies, and she requested some form of bunny critter. Logomorphic. Mm-hmm. And second, our dear family friend Teresa, who told me that she specifically loves witches. So I thought we could do some kind of compound friend of legend to satisfy both of y'all. So is it a bunny that can cast spells? Not quite. It's more like it's a bunny that has had a spell done upon it. Oh. We are going to be talking about the milk hare. There are different names for the milk hare, but this is the sort of English translation. And the milk hare is a type of witch's familiar in Scandinavia with a proclivity for dairy piracy. Any relation to the milk steak? Ah, no. Good question. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. So if you're not familiar with familiars, it is... Oh, you used the same joke twice. <laughs> what else am I going to say? Boo. Oh, gosh. Stop it. <laughs> okay. If you have not heard of a familiar when it comes to uh, magic, then it just refers to a creature, the supernatural creature that serves a witch. We mentioned familiars in the imp episode. Or That's right. Or at least right. I did, because they're a very common familiar in Dungeons and Dragons. That's right, yeah. So it's just going to be usually some, some small sort of creature that does a more powerful creature's bidding. So today we're ta talking about a witch's familiar. And the milk hare is not just a little bunny that was hopping through the witch's forest and she nabbed it up and started barking orders at it. It is something that the witch creates. So let me start from the sort of broad description. So they're going to be most common in Sweden and Norway. And as far as their physical appearance, sometimes they're depicted as just regular gray hairs. Other times they look kind of like a zombified hair mm. or maybe like a ragdoll sort of st stitched together. Ooh, like Frankenstein's rabbit. Yeah, they're, they're Franken babies. Oh. And I'll get into that in a second. Do you know the difference between a hair and a rabbit? Is it ear size? I think that's part of it. The The main differences, and Gabby, I'm so sorry if I'm getting this wrong, our bunny expert. Rabbits tend to be smaller, they burrow in the ground, and they're born blind and naked and helpless. Whereas hares are larger, they make nests in the grass, and they're born with their eyes open, and they don't require much parental care, which 
is perfect because witches don't seem to necessarily be the most doting parents, uh, from what I can tell. No offense, Madam Witches, but... No, they probably just need someone who can, uh, like, hit the ground running. Yes, or hopping. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's so... Good. I like that. <laughs> I mentioned that the milk hairs are sort of Franken-babies. They can be made from really anything that you've got lying around the house. Huh. Specifically reported has been um, human hair, nails, wood shavings, ashes, butter, and rags. Oh, perfect. We got all that in our junk cabinet. <laughs> Including the melted butter. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it comes to life with a drop of witch's blood or a literal breath of life and a spell. So there's... Multiple accounts of the spells, the incantations that witches will recite to bring to life the milk hair. One of them was recorded in 1908 in Sweden. Hmm. And it, it goes like this. I give you blood. The devil gives you courage. You shall run for me on earth. I shall burn for you in hell. You shall travel through forests and fields, gathering milk and cream. Sounds like a falconer song. Yeah, it does. It really does. It's it's kind of mystical and mysterious and metal. Metal, yeah. The other incantation that I saw that was recorded was from a a story in 1929 in Norway where the witch says, "Now I have given you flesh and blood. May old Nick give you power and life." And I I thought like Santa Claus, is but that no. Like an epithet for the devil? Yes, it is exactly I feel that. Like I've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, nickel, I'm pretty sure, means devil. Or really? Like it's, a, it's an old Germanic term for devil. Oh my gosh, I, you're so good with your German. And before I get into the actual behavior, you must be wondering, what does milk and cream have to do with it? But I just want to go a little bit more into some of the names. The milk hair is also known as Björa. Correct me, Vince. It's Swedish for bear. Oh, Björa. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Björa. Which is funny because it is uh, not exactly a literal bear, but that's fine. It's still kind of feisty like one. It's also known as troll hair or troll ball when when it's made of yarn, specifically. (laughs) Um, And and if you want to go even more detailed, the troll ball is usually made with uh, nine different colored threads. And it's... You know witches are very, very particular with their spells, their creations. So. Certainly. Yeah. And there's a really closely related familiar called the troll cat. And witches will, in Scandinavia, they may either have a troll cat or a troll hair. It just kind of depends on what form they bring it to life as. But the troll part, I was wondering about this. I was hoping you'd make the distinction so that people would understand that you're not Talking about actual trolls. Yeah, it's not... I'm not talking about humongo, forest-dwelling, club-wielding, general troll. So troll here kind of refers to a general supernatural word. In Swedish, they have a word trolla, which means to charm or bewitch. And in Old Norse, there is the word trolldumor, which means witchcraft. So it's not necessarily referring to either or the, the giant creature or an internet troll. <laughs> I also know Faroese as well, which is about as close to Old Norse as any modern language gets. They have uh, the word trollsterker, oh. which I think means sorcerer. 
How did you know that? Uh, tear. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Now to kind of segue into the behavior, I wanted to mention that one account states that a troll hair, or a, a milk hair, was made from a few wooden pegs in a stocking. And that which the owner of that troll hair dropped a drop of stolen cow's milk into the stocking and then ordered her creation to take milk from that cow. So, I was being quite literal. These are little dairy pirates. (laughs) They will suck milk from cows on nearby farmland that does not belong to that witch. Just like the Tutsil farm. Yeah, and they will also sneak into homes and lap up any cream you've got lying around. But then... It's so fast, as hares are wont to be. Even with tummies full of milk? Even with tummies full of milk, surprisingly. So, this is the most incredible visceral image that I I would like to bestow upon you. When the milk hare has lapped up its fill, it'll start to slobber up cream. So just imagine, like, a little bunny that is short of bursting with milk. Oh, uh, that's... Stop being cute. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and then the spilled cream that, that this little rabbit has... Sorry, I keep saying it's not interchangeable. This little hair has slobbered up, turns into what is known as gray paw butter, which I, I feel like that is a reference to the fact that it's, its fur is usually gray. And when it's full of cream and milk, it'll run back home to its mommy in the witch's cottage and it'll vomit the milk into her cauldron or she might have a milk dish specifically for this. But it stays perfectly pure and fresh. Oh, well, maybe it has a a milk stomach the way you have an ice cream stomach. (laughs) It's true. I, I infamously have an ice cream stomach. No matter how full I get on dinner, I always have room for ice cream. I feel like... I'm not alone in this. <laughs> Maybe not you. Between but... the two of us. You yeah. <laughs> but what the hair does not account for is the fact that its gray paw butter gives it away. So the following morning after it has its little milk heist, farmers can see the milk hair's tracks of butter that have been left behind on logs or stones or planks. And that way, the witch's hideout can be found out. Ah. So the stealing of the milk and cream is truly all that it was created to do. I'm sure that it also keeps the witch company when her milk cauldron is full and she no longer needs milk. Swedish and Norwegian witches must do a lot of milk magic. Yeah, you know, I couldn't find any information on what the heck she uses it for, but who doesn't like a nice cup of cottage cheese in the morning? Uh, when it came out of a stomach of a hare? Well, yes, but can you imagine a witch going out to the to the market? I mean, yes. well, okay, but witches like to create things. And I feel like if it makes it a little more magical and interesting, then the witch is going to take it. Man, I feel like I'd just pull out all of the human hair and nails and whatever else I have in my junk drawer. And instead of making a milk hair, I'd just make a milk cow and cut out the middleman. <laughs> that's a great point. It's just a chewy piece of gristle that's stuck in my teeth. This desire for so much milk. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
Okay, how about this? What if the witch runs a dairy and she sells her her cream and butter and cheese? What then? What then, Vince? What, like uh, magical mozzarella? Gondaguda? <laughs> Why not? I Okay, I could definitely see that happening. Okay, all right. Rule of threes, I have to come up with another one. Maybe fantastic feta. That's good. Okay. Very good. We're good. <laughs> Besides just being arguably cute companions for witches that bring them milk, they also act as a sort of voodoo doll-like creature, which is not intentional, I presume, but any injury done upon the milk hair, like if a farmer, I don't know, wrung its neck or did something terrible to it, any injury done upon the milk hair is done upon the witch. That's kind of an unfortunate side effect, but I guess it makes sense if you're putting your blood into it. It's like a kind of like a horcrux, maybe? Just, you know, typical blood magic rules. I was telling you about Mommets. Refresh my memory. From the King Killer Chronicles series, it's like a clay doll that you would put the blood or hair of someone you want to hurt. And That's then you right. Hurt the mommet. Yeah. Hurts the person. Right. But the witch is the one who sort of sets all this in motion, right? So it's more like a side effect of having a companion animal, of a familiar. I was going to say that's a lot of risk for like the reward of milk, the majesty of milk. It is, it is, but milk must be a, a very central part of the witch's lives up in Norway and Sweden. The milk must flow. <laughs> Another thing is that when a milk hair is destroyed, Ooh. I love the dramatic word, uh, when a milk hair is destroyed, the witch owner is said to appear immediately and fulfill her promise, the promise made during the incantation, and burn instead. So... It's a very magical bond, and if you mess with the milk hair, then you don't mess with a witch. So be careful what you do with those little guys. I mean, I feel like what will happen is the witch will just appear on fire in front of you. It doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of danger to your own person unless you fail to... Well, yeah, if, if you destroy the milk hair, then she will offer to burn or, or insist to burn. But if you just, I don't know, like break its leg or or some something terrible but not quite fatal oh you got a lame witch coming after you then <laughs> okay okay i think you underestimate our witch friends it's true right. <laughs> I, I am i am making light of this i don't want to have any milk curses set upon me they can most likely do much more than that i mean cheese curses I wonder if there is a certain race of witches that are just milk witches. And I really like to think of the fan art that can be done. I digress. So now I want to talk a little bit about a cousin of the milk hair or the troll hair. And it is called the Tilbury. It is an Icelandic creature that is specifically made from female witches. And instead of whatever you've got lying around in your, your junk drawer, little wood shavings. Why would you keep wood shavings? But anyway, you get the idea. Instead of all that sort of stuff, the Tilbury is created from the rib of a recently buried person on Pentecost. The McRib is back, y'all. Oh, God. And the rib is then wrapped by the witch in stolen gray wool. Everything's got to be stolen. And then stored in the witch's bosom. Then what she does... She will go to communion on Sunday, and for the next three Sundays, she will spit 
the sanctified wine from communion into the bundle, and it becomes more alive each time she does. So after the third Sunday, it is pretty well grown, but if you do you wanna do you want it to get even grosser? I mean, I feel like we owe it. Okay, yes. We owe it to them. It is true. She will then let it suckle on the inside of her thigh. Oh. Squaw? Whatever. <laughs> like you do. Whatever glands you have there. And then when it is fully formed, it looks like a sort of lumpy worm with a mouth on both ends. So it's not a cute little hair or uh, even a zombified looking hair. It's, it's a funky looking worm ball. But the similarity lies in the behavior. So when it's fully formed, she can tell the tilberry to suckle from cows and ewes. And then when it returns to the witch's dairy, it calls full belly mommy. (laughs) And then, yeah, I know. (laughs) But then it vomits the milk into the witch's butter churn. Oh, man. I know. know, It's it's got so many cute factors but it's also she like cut and paste from both the milk hair and the teal berry <laughs> you could potentially make one cute friend <laughs> yeah, but, not quite but not individually and <laughs> not with the full sum of both of their parts yeah so belly mommy <laughs> Aww. Oh. That's what Bertie says when he's done eating and he's waiting for us to open the door. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the tilberry is linked to inflammatory hardening of the udder of cows and ewes. Huh. So when a farmer suspects that they've got a tilberry on their hands, then they can prevent it from coming back, maybe not that time, but subsequent times, by making the sign of the cross. Under the udder, over the rump, and then after that ritual is done, then whatever stolen milk the tilbury will bring back to mom, it will curdle or melt away into foam, so it's not usable. Ah, well, you know what they say. Under the udder, over the rump, that's how you rid a tilbury lump. <laughs> oh, you should write children's books. I'm not going to write children's books about the Tilbury. I'm going to tell you that right now. Right now. <laughs> so to avoid the negative aspects of the milk hair or the Tilbury in this case, I would recommend just building strong fences or walls around your pasture, around your farmland. That's going to be your best bet. If you've got a broad area of farmland and, and your cows are free range, and you live in Norway or Sweden, then you just have to maybe come to terms with the fact that you're going to have a low yield for a bit. But I think that that is is a price that I would be willing to pay if it meant not upsetting a witch. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I don't want any dairy hexes cast upon me. I feel like you think that the witches are only dairy-themed. Well, I don't have any evidence to the contrary. True. We might need to just do a a specific Scandinavian witch episode. I bet that'd be a lot of fun. Another thing I would recommend is just don't mess with the witch. The milk hair seems pretty harmless if you're not a cow or a cow's udder. Um, But if if you do anything to harm the milk hair, if you 
are lucky enough to spot it because they're pretty dang fast. So if you catch it in the act and if you hit it with a BB gun or something, that witch is going to know what happened and she gonna come find you. Yeah, that butter trail goes both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like the the sending it out to fetch milk is just because she she ain't got the time to do that herself, but she does have time to come protect her baby if you're doing anything to harm it. Yeah, it just got personal. Yeah. So don't mess with the witch in any, any form. Also, if your cows are on an open pasture, then just leave out some cream, maybe on the porch for the milk hair so that it can just lap that up and it doesn't have to suckle on your cows. Bonus perk? Uh, you will attract cats. Oh. Well, that's always good. Oh, yeah. Well, you might also attract a, a troll cat. <laughs> do troll cats steal milk, too? They do. They are very, very similar. Just a different physical form. Man, Scandinavian milk has to be, like, next level. It's gotta be just ambrosia. Oof. I'd like to try some of that. Yeah, I only had my coffee black while I was in Sweden, so I didn't really sample any milk. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing. I guess, well, I don't. <laughs> as far as the way it's represented in modern times, I really didn't see a whole lot about it. There's a, a short stop-motion film that is on YouTube called Milk Hair by Emma Windsor, and it's just, um, it's an ominous film about forest witches that are forging a monstrous child-eating creature, which is, of course, the milk hair, uh, even though I didn't see any information online about it eating children at all. But um, the the creature is created by these witches to take revenge on a nearby village for creating industrial exhaust. Probably tainting the milk. Oh. It all comes back to the milk. It do, it do. So that's that's an interesting watch. It It's only about four minutes long if you want to check it out. And there's just some very interesting artwork. I will be posting some to our Facebook page of the Milk Hair. Yeah, I saw some good ones. I will say, um, if you search Milk Hair on Google, it's going to be 50-50 images of the actual Milk Hair and images of people uh, hand-nursing bunnies. What? <laughs> Well, you really aren't uh, aren't losing either way. No, you aren't. <laughs> I'm I'm just letting you know. Yeah. <laughs> Becoming a friend with the milk hair. Now that that is something that might be a bit of a of a tricky task for us because first and foremost, we are not witches. Oh, I well, I think I can attest for both of us. You and I are not witches. I'm certainly not a milk witch, at least. Uh, yes. You might be a beer witch. If anything. I mean, all witches are beer witches. All witches anyway. are beer Did y'all know? Did y'all know that the broom that witches traditionally ride, it's linked to Oh yeah, I brewing? can go on. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not Friends of Legend related, so we can... we can Look up Alewives. Look up Alewives or just send us an email. We'll tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, since we're not witches, we don't have that most sacred of bonds. Is it still sacred if it's sort of a deal with the devil? I mean... What would you call it? I, I would certainly call it hallowed, if not holy. Hmm, okay, that works. We don't have that most hallowed of bonds with this little companion animal, so I don't know that we can successfully become friends with the milk hair, but when we get into our friend rating, I do want to just remind you, like, it is someone's friend. 
It is someone's friend. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you could probably probably get on its good side by just making it easier to access that sweet, sweet milk. Yeah, I don't see any harm in it. If you have some, I don't know, maybe if you've got like a little... A little dish that you can just set out on your patio and it's just a, a small smackerel of whatever whatever fresh pail of milk you had that day. Just leave it out overnight. It comes at night and bring in whatever you have left in the morning and, I don't know, give it to the cat. <laughs> yeah, give it to the cat. <laughs> you know. know, something I just thought about, I bet in the dead of night, if you can't sleep and you live on a dairy you'd probably hear the sound of like slosh, 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 slosh <laughs> as it's running away with its its gas tank tummy full of milk. Oh my God, you're right. And see the best, the best image that you can put in your mind is of the troll ball that is a giant woolly ball of bunny <laughs> rolling away with a full tummy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's what I like to think about at night. That is a good thing to think of. Now we're going to get into our friend rating. If you've never listened to the show, welcome. We have a rating system comprised of four tiers to describe how easy it is to become friends with our featured little pal. I will start. The, the first tier is friend-shaped. This kind of creature would buy you tickets to a mac and cheese festival. Think of something like an emugi. Ooh, yeah, but... Milk hairs would enjoy mac and cheese festival. Right? Uh, next up is Cheeky Friend. It's going to be the kind of friend who buys you tickets to a mac and cheese festival, but only after you told him that you're starting that diet. Think of something like the Banshee. Dang it, Banshee. Why do you have to tempt us so? Oh, you know you were going to break eventually. Yeah, diets never break. last. <laughs> <laughs> Thirdly, we have Spicy Friend. This kind of friend would take you to a mac and cheese festival, but they know that you are severely lactose intolerant. Aww. Think of something like a tatzel worm. Lastly, we have not a friend yet. This is going to be the kind of friend who says they're taking you to a mac and cheese festival, but what they're actually doing is they're putting you in a giant cauldron of mac and cheese. No! Yeah. Well, is it room temp? No, no, no. It's it's oven temp. Oh, no. Uh, think of something like the Yi Nadlashi. Dang it. You know, I really like the idea of a tatsil verm. If you haven't listened to that episode, it was the previous one. Listen. Listen to that. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. About worm kitties. Um, <laughs> not, well, not literally, but Weird anyway. Worm kitties. <laughs> I really like the idea of a tatsil verm showing up at your door with two tickets to the mac and cheese fest. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two tickets to paradise. That is paradise, man. Oh, that sounds so good. Anyway, what would you rate the milk hair? Well, I suppose it depends on who's asking. Right. If you're the witch, it's, I mean, you've formed a death pact with it. That thing better be your friend. <laughs> if you're the farmer, probably cheeky friend, because it's not really doing anything terrible to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you're the cow, not a friend yet. Right. Now, if we're talking Tilbury, then... Ooh. I mean, gross friends are still cheeky friends. I guess it would be more of a spicy friend, though, because it can latch onto you, right? It, yeah, yeah. There are some accounts of it latching onto human mothers. Ooh, um, always a good time, not. So, yeah, no, I would definitely give the milk hair either friend-shaped or cheeky friend, depending on who's asking. I just imagine it would, at 
the very least be a really pleasant sight if you do happen to to catch it rolling away <laughs> maybe not the cream dribbling down its mouth nah, but... yeah 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 that dirty dirty butter mm. but uh yeah so if we make any witch friends when we travel one day to when you travel again to sweden when i go for the first time then perhaps we can politely ask if they have a milk hair around and may we pet it and not, mm-hmm. not, we're not going to take any Dazzle of your, me with your milky delights. We're not going to take any of your milk supply that you so desperately cling to. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. We're cool. We're cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, milk. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you liked what you heard, then feel free to subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you use. And if you give us a rating or even review us that would be incredible we really want to get the word out it spellbinds us oh yeah it really does it it truly makes our day to see a new rating to to see that we've got a bunch of new listens it, it's really wonderful and we hope that we are bringing a little bit of education and wonder maybe, maybe a chuckle or two and wonder into your day we also have a wonderful website where you can find the full roster of our episodes, frequently asked questions, transcripts, uh, neap time videos, and a place where you can directly contact us. Yes, you can contact us on the website or we're also on Facebook and Twitter and we're on YouTube. So if you are a fan of social media, then you can follow us on any of those platforms. Also, it's a great way to write into us and suggest a topic for a friend of legend. Yeah, what, the last four episodes we've done were fan-suggested? Yeah, I, I think or they were. suggested Yes, yeah. So thank you all so much for your suggestions. We love them, and we want them to keep rolling in. By the way, we've got some fun Halloween episodes that we have planned. So thank you so much for everyone that wrote in to us about that. Oh, yes. It's going to be lots of lots of spooky fun. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, we're going to get into winter. It, well, in our hemisphere. And mm-hmm. we're going to have some, some wintry friends that y'all can start thinking about. Yeah. Don't forget, we have new episodes uploaded every Saturday. So be sure to stay tuned. And remember... When it comes to friends of legend, charm them. Do not harm them. I've got two tickets to paradise, won't you pack your mac and cheese with fries? Oh yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I, I would eat mac and cheese with fries. I know you.